Welcome to Music Matters Podcast with Daryl Craig Harris, talking about all things music with celebrities, artists, music business insiders, and more. Hi, guys. Welcome to Music Matters, a podcast series about all things music. And today I have an awesome guest, um, somebody who I've admired for many years as a bass player and as a musician, as a guy, as a human. <laughs> uh, Mr. Rudy Sarzo, how you doing, Rudy? I'm doing fantastic. Blessed beyond words. Awesome. Yeah. That's the best way to be, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> So what have you what have you been up to? I mean, I, obviously it's been a kind of a crazy year. It's always crazy. I can't remember what what it's never been crazy. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's you true know, too. It, it's just it's just new levels of craziness and different levels of craziness. You know, right? Sure. But uh, yeah, it's 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 always it's always uh, challenging. It's always rewarding. It's always I don't know. You know, it's 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 the human experience and. Right. We might as well enjoy yeah. it while we're here. Yeah, yeah we kind of know when we sign up for this crazy music life that it's going to be a little wacky. <laughs> oh, that, well, that's, that's something else. I mean, I'm just talking yeah. about just the, the human experience. Just life. You know, when we were right. like, when we were the sperm that beat other millions of sperms to get in the egg, <laughs> we made that decision. You know, we really right, wanted exactly. to get here. And now that we're yeah. here, you know, Let's take it to the next level. Let's rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, rock it. <laughs> yeah. So you're um you, you live in L.A. now, right? Yes, I've been here since uh, the mid seventies. Yeah. Okay. And have you kind of gone back and forth, or were you always sort of based out of L.A. once you got established? Yeah, I I uh, I loved L.A. L.A. was my uh, my one of my main eggs. Right. Because I. Through my life, I, you know, it's just like we all do. I mean, we, at some point in our lives, we all have to like getting get back to that sperm mode that got us here, you know, just <laughs> right. to achieve certain things in our in our uh, journey, you know. Yeah. And uh, LA was definitely, you know, as a matter of fact, you know, people ask me where was I born. I mean, I was born physically in Havana, Cuba. But right. I was really born as the person that I am today here in Los Angeles. Yeah. This right. is what, no, I got you. Yeah, so it's kind of hard for me to, you know, I've already left one place that I was born at physically, Cuba. Yeah. And to keep moving around, you know, you have to get to the point that it's like you can't get away from certain things anymore. Of course, when my family left Cuba, it was because of communism, you know, right. political reasons. We were Cuban refugees. You know, so we didn't have much of a choice. You can't really fight, you know, and expect to win to have a good outcome. Something like communism, you know, communism. Right. It's, it's it's a whole thing that either usually it implodes, you know, as a as a society in certain countries. Mm -hmm. in certain countries, for whatever reason, they still maintain that. But you know, nevertheless. Right. But you know, living in LA has incredible challenges, and it's been challenging for many reasons you know uh as you used to live here i'm pretty sure yeah. you you know and and for many years even during the 90s I, I tried to leave la once the music industry started to to evaporate out of los angeles sure. i uh i you know we lived for a while in uh, uh indian wells outside of palm springs 
Uh, right. We lived for that's a fun actually. That's a fun area. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but it wasn't that much fun back in 1990 when we first moved yeah, there. Yeah, and you're kind of you're kind of isolated. Right? You're isolated, and, and uh, actually, the lifestyle that we lead now was perfect back then. But but back then oh, okay. it was like you know what uh, 30 years ago, you know we, yeah. we weren't ready for that, and uh, and also we moved to Florida. I wanted to get into the uh, the Latin uh, music industry, television industry, and so on. Ah, and but right. but which is which is huge. Yeah. It's huge, but then again, it has its own. <laughs> yeah. know, it's its own unique world. It's a very yeah. unique world. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, but my wife. Uh, was born here in the LA area and uh, she's a native and uh, you know, she feels very much at home. And so, and so do I, like I mentioned, I I feel reborn here in in Los Angeles. So it's, you know, we deal with certain challenges of living in LA, but, uh, but we, but we love it. And we live in an area that is kind of like, we live in Woodland Hills right off the Panga. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great area. You know, area. And uh, so it's, I stay away from going into the places or the neighborhoods that I used to live, you know, like more. Yeah. It's challenging. Like I love LA, but it's changed a lot. And I I mean, I grew up there in the Mm -hmm. sort of Mm seventies and eighties, you know, and I did the whole like, you know, Gazaris, the rock and roll whiskey, all those places, which was so much. I mean, there were so many great bands. That's when guns and roses and all those guys were getting signed. Um, how, How did you, when you, you, you're, I know you obviously you came from from Havana and then was your family musicians or no, how did that happen for you? No, no. My my brother and I got into music basically just like every other kid that got into music back in the 60s with the Beatles. And, you know, some of us right. kept doing it and some of us stopped doing it for a living. And But but we're still fans. You know, I mean, you know, I've been a fan of music longer than I've been a professional musician, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think sort of we all started that way. Mine, mine was sort of Kiss back in the day when I yeah. was, you know, yeah. late seventies and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so your bro- brother Robert, what does he play? Is he a guitar player? He's a guitar or? player. Yeah, yeah. He had a band oh, called awesome. Hurricane in the eighties. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. As a matter of fact, awesome. I, I, he still does. He still has a version of the band, and they tour, you know, whenever possible. <laughs> yeah, they're still playing. Yeah. Um, so you, um, I, being in the set in the. Uh, out in LA, that's actually when you first met Kevin Dubrow back in the day, right? Yeah, I met him at the Starwood in one of my visits because I in, in the mid 70s, I got here in 75, first time. Okay. And it was like, uh, you know, we came here and I just said, okay, this is a pretty expensive place. And there was not much of a top 40 scene in LA. Yeah, it was all, yeah, yeah. it was all original, you know, bands that were, yep. trying, you know. And uh, the troubadour and all those places. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I, I knew how to make a living out of being a top 40 musician because that's what I did for 10 years, at least prior yeah. to, to coming to LA. So uh, the guys that I came to LA with, we decided, you know what, let's, let's not put the band together here. Let's put it together in the Midwest and start playing the Midwest top 40 circuit. Yeah, and which at the time was hopping. Oh yeah, right? yeah. very busy. Yeah. yeah, we based ourselves right outside of Chicago, but mainly we were playing Chicago area right. uh, clubs, you know. And yeah. then we felt like, okay, now we got we got some money, we got a foundation. Let's go back to LA, and we went back to LA. And then I, we didn't get the record deal that we were hoping for. We I run out of money. Then I I, I left again. But meanwhile, during one of, one of those two trips, that's when I met Kevin after watching 
uh, Quiet Riot performer at the Starwood. And yeah. I met him and basically I just bumped into him when he got off the stage, he was just walking around and I bumped into him and I felt compelled just to tell him how great I thought that the band was and that they were doing going in the right direction. And, you know, I just, sometimes you do things like that for, for, for yourself. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like the fan. And there's, and there's reasons why there's sort of reasons why people meet too. Right. We realized later, like, Oh, that was actually a sort of a seminal moment. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I actually met Frankie Benelli exactly the same way on my birthday, in 1972, after watching his band play the night before, uh, one of the local big venues, which was Pirates World, out in uh, in uh, Hollywood, Florida, at a, mm. uh, and uh, Bo- Bowie playing, and his band opened up, and I thought he uh, Frankie stole the show. So I was actually yeah. I was actually complimenting him at the club the following day. Ah, his cool. playing, thinking that he was he was the bass player in the band. <laughs> oh, okay, oh, that's funny. <laughs> and then he introduced himself. He's and, like, "Hey, yeah, yeah," and uh, yeah, that that started a forty-eight uh, year uh, relationship, you know. Yeah, and he, I mean, like he, you know, people don't realize how many tracks he's actually recorded on. Mm-hmm. Besides the bands he's been in, he was actually a pretty prolific studio guy too. Yeah, I mean, just a, yeah, and hmm. some of my favorite of playing that he did was either on the Hughes Thrall record and also Wasp. Wasp just, yeah, just saw, yeah. showed a whole different it showed him showed the world the side of Frankie that I saw back in 1972. More of a right. very uh I don't know, you know, more Keith Moon rather than John Bonham. <laughs> yeah, like a like an just a real animal rock out. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean Wasp yeah. Wasp is such a fun band yeah. to begin with. Just I mean, you know yeah. um yeah, so Frankie, I mean, we're going to get, I know it's the situation with him is mm. kind of sad recently, but um, so the Quiet Riot thing with with Kevin and all that, um, I know you kind of joined and rejoined, but you actually, um, when you guys hit with Metal Health, when you came in at that point, mm. I mean, that rock, that album was just rocking. And that's when I really first, like when I saw you guys on the Us Festival, mm. that video is still amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh well, my my journey with Quiet Riot was it started back in '78 when I joined the band with Randy Rhodes. Then Randy went off to join Ozzy right. in '79, and but there was a version of it, not officially named Quiet Riot, because it was not Quiet Riot. You know, it was yeah. actually Dubrow, and right. and I yeah. and I played on and off in Dubrow right be, until I joined Ozzy. So ah, okay. So what happened was. And this just basically to focus on on the connect the the mystic link yeah, between yeah. the the Randy Rose Choir riot. You have two bro, right. and then you have the metal yeah. version of the band. Because you were very busy in that in that in that time frame. And, you know. Well, I was doing different things, but but yeah. during that between Choir Riot and me joining Ozzy, I played in Dubrow. Kevin put his the the band and actually named named the Dubrow so he could have like a revolving door. Sure. Of people coming in and out, you know, so it wasn't like, oh, somebody's not showing up to play guitar today. Yeah, well, it's not the same band. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. So it was named Dubrow, right? And uh, so I, I would say most of the songs on Metal Health, at least half the record, were songs that came from the Dubrow era. You know, oh, okay. which which makes sense because that's exactly what 
do, Kevin was doing right before making Metal Health, writing right. writing those songs. Yeah, there, there's one that's a carryover from the uh, Quiet Riot days, which is um, with Randy, which is Slave by Cadillac. That was the yeah. only song, and Kevin Kevin wrote that himself with, with, without Randy. And then you have uh, you know like uh, Loves a Bitch and you know Thunderbird. These are songs that actually I was the 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 first bass player to play those songs. And then, uh, and, okay. and then I, I left to join Ozzy and then all the bass players right. play, play the song. And then when it came time for me to go in at, for the request of Kevin to play on one track, he called me up and said, listen, would you, you know, can you, would you, would you like to come in and record on Thunderbird? This right. is after. And that Randy, was the tribute track. Yeah. Right. Yeah. After, yeah. after Randy had passed away. Which yeah. uh, we, tribute to Randy. Yeah, which, which the song originally was written as a tribute to Randy for leaving Quiet Riot. Oh, okay. You know, kind of like uh, Dolly Parton's "I Will Always Love You." Right. As a, yep. as a tribute yeah. to with Porter Wagner. To Porter yeah. Wagner was kind of like basically <laughs> yeah, gotcha. the same thing. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so gotcha. I, after after uh, Randy passed away, the song had a different meaning, and I believe he rewrote. He he might have rewritten the uh, the last verse i'm not i'm not i have to compare notes and of course i don't have a copy of the original version of the song yeah, that's okay. you know but yeah but, gotcha. but anyways it was it was meant as a tribute to randy and what happened was since i knew since i already have played the song i was familiar with the song so we basically cut the track in a couple of takes right right okay so there's like three hours left in the session so the, they start going, you know, between Spencer, the producer, and, and the guys in the band. They go, so uh, do you remember Slick Black Cadillac? And I go, yeah, it's been a while, but, you know, you know yeah. let's, let's go over it. So we cut right. it, you know, and then how about Let's Get Crazy? Oh, yeah, okay, I think I remember that one. You know, so it's kind of like right by the time that I left. So it's this, actually, it felt very, very natural because you'd already played the song yeah, for, exactly. for so long. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So... So, you know, it, it, uh, when I went in to do that session, there was a lot of, uh, for me playing with Ozzy, it, it was never the same after Randy passed away. Yeah. You know, yeah. And that was, I mean, the Ozzy, um, the Ozzy years, I mean, obviously Randy, well, that with you, Randy and, and Tommy, such a great band, a tight band. Mm -hmm. um, and also the personality thing is is big, right? In that situation, because oh, yeah. it's a small group and mm -hmm. it's hitting hard and, and Ozzy's doing his thing. And mm -hmm. um, so when you, when the when the Quiet Riot thing came back around, you were sort of ready for a change. Is that is that true? Well, it, it was that I just lost the joy of making music <clears throat> after, yeah. after Randy died because Right. Here I am in a situation that I'm going back on stage and it's not the same. It's not even close. Yeah. Right. It's not just about yeah. not being the same. It's like, yeah, and you guys and you guys were a close band too, yeah. and friends. Yeah, and, so. and it wasn't just the sound; it's the energy. You know how like certain individuals, like like if you find certain bands that people become for whatever reason irreplaceable, it's because they're right. all their frequency. They're like pistons, you know firing yeah. it's their energy their energy their not energy. just their playing yeah right? it's, it's yeah. a frequency that that when you yeah. make music it's like this it becomes the the the, the total the mass of that right. frequency becomes bigger than just the parts exactly yeah. exactly and when when randy was gone is that frequent we just lower our frequency completely 
No, yeah. no, it's just like it was like a black hole, basically. Right. You know, sucked yeah, everything out of us, uh, spiritually, everything, everything, energy wise. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, being in the room with Kevin recording and Frankie, who had or been yeah. playing with him on and off for 10 years, uh, Carlos, right. who I knew from, from the scene, it just it, it gave me a, an emotional refuge. Right. Refuge. Yeah, and it's it's like people that you're comfortable with yeah. already, right? It's not like yeah. starting over. And and, yeah. and and to to leave Ozzy, you know, that was the hardest thing I, I have ever done at that time, because I'm, right. I'm leaving one of the biggest bands in the world for for the total uncertainty that was. Yeah, because at that point, Quiet Riot hadn't really been hitting big. It was just in the the reformation stages, well, right? That'd be like. Yeah, and in addition to that, no, in the United States, nobody of that genre had hit it big. We were basically, right. as far as as far as the LA music scene goes, we, we were all dinosaurs. That's the type of music yeah. that's not happening. Meanwhile, this is British new wave of metal coming. Yeah. That, and this is also MTV, MTV era hitting hard and that, all yeah, that's going on too. Right? Yeah, but MTV wasn't really, as uh, a matter of fact, when we did the Speak of the Devil, which is basically the Diary of a Madman tour uh, right. concert for MTV Halloween night, 1982, um, MTV was just a baby, baby station, yeah. you know? And yeah. uh, so, you know, you were not going to put, your career, your hope and faith on this little baby yeah. station that you just do. You know, yeah, it's still, they're just still getting on the radar. Yeah, exactly. Point. But it did yeah. have a huge effect on bands like Quiet Riot and the Mugly Crew and Rad and Twisted Sister and, yeah. and so on, you know, because we, there was such little content that our videos, right. let's say, come and feel the noise. Yeah, they were on heavy, heavy rotation. Right? Every half hour, yeah. you know, when they were actually yeah. playing videos, you know. And yeah, uh, exactly, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so getting getting back to to the subject of uh, of the of the metal health choir riot and then Dubrow, you know that right. Kevin on the last visit that that Randy did, you know, coming back on a break from Ozzy, you know, we yeah. uh, we all got together and Kevin asked Randy and me for our blessings to rename at some point. The band that Dubrow renamed it Choir Riot. And of course, you yeah. know, Randy gave his blessings and so so did I, you know. So right. so it was not out of out of respect. It was actually permitted by Randy, yeah. you know, to rename yeah. at that, the, the I mean band. at that point too, I'm sure you guys are you guys are wishing Kevin well. Of course, anyways, of course. Yeah. Of, of course we were. But uh so the band did not get renamed Choir Riot until we signed, or you know, the four of us signed the record deal, and we did the first show March, I believe March 18th or 19th that weekend of 1983. Uh, we we did two shows two nights at the Roxy, in oh, uh, okay. in uh, you know where right. <laughs> on the Sunset. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean that that. Um... I think the thing too with Quiet Riot is that band, just like Ozzy's band, you guys were all great players. It was all, I mean, solid. And and when that record started hitting, I mean, that's how how many. It's multi platinum by now, probably right. I mean, it's still selling. I think. Well, it was it was multi <laughs> metal health. It was multi platinum before I left the band in 1985. So it's uh, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, it just keeps on going. Yeah, it's actually um, a global is a diamond. 
yeah. worldwide. So yeah. when you left, um, when you left the band um, in '85, what was your next uh, your next move? Well, my next move was to put a, to put a, young, a new band together, and we have different versions of, of that band, but we it never got signed to a major label or anything. We made a record with Tony McAlpine, and that would be Tony uh, Tommy Aldrich, yeah. uh, Tony McAlpine, and Rob Rock in a band called. Yeah. Uh, Tony's such an awesome yeah, player. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Project Driver. But it was released by uh, Mike Varney. Ah, yeah. Mike. Yeah. We run into yeah. Mike here. Yeah. Actually, I used to run into to Kevin too, yeah. uh, DeBro, yeah. when he was living in Vegas. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Mike Varney is an interesting guy because, you know, he is actually responsible or at least partially responsible for a lot of careers. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's am- it, it's amazing. He's, he's sort of a guy behind the scenes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's just discovered some amazing, yeah. amazing folks along yeah, the way. Yeah. He did. Um, yeah. So you, um, you also, I mean, you've been in so many great bands. Um, what's, what's career highlights for you? Like when you, for, when you think of like some of my funnest bands or moments, what, what, what comes to mind first? Oh my God. There's so many. I mean, as far as, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot. let's say as far as Ozzy, I actually wrote a book called uh, off the rails. Because right. the, uh, yeah, talking about your experience. Yeah. Right? The, uh, the uh, number one question I get asked when I travel around the world is, uh, what was it like to play with Randy Rhodes, you know? And I always yeah. walked away from being in the lobby on my way to sound check or at a meet and greet of an in-store or whatever, just, you know, telling one or two stories. And that was never enough. So I say, you know what, let me just write a book and tell everything that I know about Randy, you know, as far as my experience, you know, playing with him, which is the question right. that they want to know and really give it, the depth and attention and detail that it really deserves. Yeah. I mean, cause there's with Randy, there's so much known about his playing, mm-hmm. but a lot of people don't, I mean, of course they don't know him personally, but they don't know the person people see musicians, especially famous ones. They see them as a bass player, guitar player, but actually they're also a human, right? They have, you know, their personalities, they have things that they like, things that they like to hang out with when they're not doing music. Um, I think it's important. I think doing books like that, and explaining those kinds of things are so important, right? Because you guys were so close. Yeah, before, you know, it just so happens that, that uh, I'm a big fan of music and I've read a lot of biographies and autobiographies and so on. And uh, there were a couple that really stood out because of like John Densmore's uh, Writer on the Storm. Right. Bill Wyman's book. Yeah. Uh, they stood out because what, what that book, those, reading those books gave me was really a, let, let's say, John Desmores about the doors. Well, it was actually about Jim Morrison. He wrote the book right, for Jim, right? Yeah. Uh, Bill Wyman is a little bit different because it was more kind of like detailing things of how and why things happen and so on, which is, which right. is also part of of the approach yeah, that's, that there's, the it's valid too yeah right but it wasn't really written for a particular person and i think that yeah. the best book the best stories you can tell are actually the stories of, of 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 the of the heroes in your life that mm-hmm. way once you acknowledge you have heroes in your life eventually hopefully you will become the hero in your own life's journey story right you know? your own story mm-hmm. and i mean it's, it's good to know that like i kind of what i mentioned like you know even though you may be famous or whatever but you still have you're more than that you're more than just a bass player you're more than just the guy that played with ozzy like there's a lot there's a lot to you i know you do a lot of other things besides just music um 
and it's great to to be able to to read those kinds of books and get that kind of information yeah. beyond just the normal. Yeah, right? uh, unfortunately, that that uh, that reality gets lost in social media. Yeah, because I enjoy social media for the intimacy, but sometimes it's pretty hard to be intimate when people don't treat you the same as they treat themselves. Right. You know, as a, as a three-dimensional human being uh, that has, or the fact that we're, we're all the same, we're all the same, you know, treat me the same, same way as you would treat your buddy down, down the street. Don't try to treat me as something above that because I am not. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, that's something I've always liked about you. And whenever, I mean, we, we did a base group, uh, a Zoom meeting before with the multiple base guys. And and something that I've always liked about you is you seem very approachable and that you that you like, you embrace that, which I think is important. I think if the guys that, there's some people that we all know that, that sort of want to be approached as a rock star. And I think that it seems like that could be a very lonely life, you know? I see people like that as being afraid of actually revealing who they really are and they might not really like themselves too much. I Yeah, maybe that's true. I I make a living out of connecting. Connecting. Yep. I I when when I was very young and I came to the United States, I was like in, uh, I was about to turn 11 years old and once we were relocated to New Jersey, I learned very quickly. I must have been just about to turn 13. Uh, I learned, I learned how to be able to communicate through music right after Mm -hmm. the, you know, I, I came to, uh, we left Miami in 63, right after that Kennedy got shot and then the Beatles happened in 64 and, and and so much happening, so much happening. And, and I had major difficulties because of my language barrier being able right. to, to communicate and relate or, or people have me accepted as like, yeah, who's this freak? As one of the guys. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or, yep. or, you know, I, I wanted to be friends not just with the guys, but with the girls too, you know, I'm, I'm, tw- oh, yeah, I'm 13. Sure. So I got a raging hormone going on, you know, yeah, you tried to figure it out, tried to figure it all out. <laughs> I want to connect. I want to yeah. connect here. Right. You know? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I found out that music, it didn't matter if I had an accent or if my vocabulary was minimal. If I knew, if I knew how to play a Beatles song, I'm in. I'm accepted. Right, I yeah. want it. And, it. and people are always looking for a good bass player. It doesn't matter what well, your language I, is. Actually, I, I wasn't really playing bass yet. I was playing guitar. Ah, okay. Yeah, I was playing guitar. Ah. But, you know, just all of us. We, we went from yeah. like not playing music to all of a sudden, you know, going to your local store and getting, you know, a, a cheap guitar and... Right, and that's halfway to be to being a yeah. musician. Now you're gonna learn how to play this thing, you know, and you, you figure it out yeah. somehow. That's a, that's a journey, a journey many of us have made. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and you know, and uh, it's it's. I found that music, music helped me connect. Okay, I'm connecting now, and you know, it's it's always been about that, and I, 
it's because I want to connect. It's, it's, it's not because I want to be looked at and put up on a pedestal or whatever. And no, it's about connections. It's about, you know, right. you're in a band because you want to connect with the guys in the band. And then the guys in the band, yeah. you connect with their families and you connect with the, the little fan base that comes over to see us at the Starwood. And then that right. keeps growing and growing, you know, yep. but it's all about connection. That's all it is. Yeah, connection and, yeah. and communication and all yeah. that, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because we all have things that we can learn from each other. That's yeah. why you. And I think that's why YouTube is so popular, because yep. people are teaching. I go to YouTube to learn so much because I want to. I want to learn from people. I want to see what their all the points of views and ideas are. You know. Yeah, I, it's funny because we. Were, I was just in an interview with our friend Richie. Uh, uh, from uh, Blue Oyster Cult. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, and he's a good guy. Yeah, he's a I great love guy. Richie. I love Richie. Yeah, uh, and uh, he was talking about he had a chat with you when you first came on to Blue Oyster Cult, mm -hmm. which was one of your many gigs, and uh, you said to him that he needs to be on YouTube. And you guys were talking about tech stuff oh, yeah. and everything, and he, he goes, "That changed my life." Mm -hmm. I mean, that's and that really has because he's yeah. super successful. Yes, on YouTube. yes, he is. Oh no, he's a he's a tremendous. Uh, Talent. I mean, he's so talented in so many different. It'll put it this way: in whatever he sets his mind to do, or yeah, or it enjoys doing, he will. Right. He will excel. Yeah, he has this. Um, people should check that out. Actually, um, Richie Celentano. He's on social media, but also he has a series uh, called Band Geek on YouTube. Mm -hmm. That I think now they have seventy thousand subscribers. Yeah. It's like, and it's awesome. Yeah. Um, but you know, talking about the connection thing too, I think that what a lot of musicians. What I found over the years, a lot of guys um, sometimes will miss is the fact that the interpersonal connections are where you actually often get gigs. It's not just about being a great player. It's about meeting the people along the way, mm. being a nice person, right? And that's sort of been a big part of your career. Yeah, you think? yeah, trust, trust. The reason why, and I, I've always put an emphasis on being trustworthy. Even, even when I was a child, you know, it was, maybe it maybe i i have great role great roles i have with with my parents my my, my dad is gone uh um, yeah. to be with the lord but my, my mom's still with us and great. and trust i mean there was a lot of trust in their in the family unit you know it was kind right. of like put it this way when my family decided to leave cuba for the unknown which was you know the United States, Miami, you know, and then we kept moving around right. in New Jersey and back to Miami. You know, you have to put some trust in, in your parents. And, and yeah. what kind of decision is this? So it was always and they like, want And they want, your, they want your future to be bright. Yes, and exactly. Opportunities. Exactly. Yeah. And I put all my complete trust in them. I never questioned them. Why are, why are we leaving Cuba, blah, 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 you know, anything like that. It, it, plus, I... I knew there was something wrong going on because there was a lot of things yeah. going on in school. Uh, the teachers were keeping me and my brother after school and interrogate us basically in a nice way, oh, you know, about, right. about how my parents felt about the revolution and so on. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so I, you know, I, I grew up really quickly. Have you been back to Cuba no. since you left? No. Oh. One of the things that, um, Back in the 60s, I don't know if it's the same thing now because there seems to be some changes. But when my family left Cuba, we had our citizenship null, nullified. So right. I was stateless. I was, not, yeah. I was not a Cuban citizen. And of course, I was not a U.S. citizen yet. As a matter of fact, right. when I toured with Ozzy in 1981, 
I left the country with a re-entry permit. Interesting. I don't even yeah. think that those things exist anymore, especially after 9-11. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not, not so easy to tour these. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I was obviously. a resident. I had a green card and all of that, but I was not right. a citizen yet. So they, I, didn't ha- I didn't have a, a uh, passport. A valid right. passport. Yeah. I still have my my, yeah. my Cuban passport with me. It's in you know in in a box. Yeah, <laughs> but, sure. And uh, but I I lost my Cuban citizenship, and I I will not go back to my country of birth as a tourist. I'll leave that up to I, the tourist. Yeah, I get that. I mean that that's you know I just talked to. Um, Carlos Del Porto, a uh, bass player, mm-hmm. and he lives now he lives in uh, in Finland. And I mean, he's a pretty legendary um, bass player, Latin, you know, jazz player. And uh, we were talked about that. And he actually had just come back from Cuba mm-hmm. for the first time in 30 years. Wow. And uh, I mean, I, that's a country that's a lot of people, I think, are fascinated with. But I mm-hmm. totally get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, you know, it's a t- tough situation. It's still a, a, a ruthless communist regime. Still yeah. is. It has yeah. not changed. Yeah. With then, I mean, they have so many amazing musicians that have come from Cuba well, that are amazing, you know, still well, still in Cuba. It's amazing musicians in Miami. Yeah. Yeah. So everywhere. Cuban, Cuban musicians in Miami. Yeah. 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 Miami's fun. Um, so what have, what have you been doing since this whole lockdown situation? I mean, I know that you're used to being on the road quite a bit. You've been playing with the guests who recently, right? Yeah. I've been in the band officially now for almost five years now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just, you know, because by choice, I tour on the weekends. My choice meaning oh, okay. that after doing this for 40 years, I want to spend yeah. time at home, not, not be on right. a tour bus for, you know, six months at a time. Yeah. No, I've done that. Been there, done that. I mean, I've, I've done it so heavily that we, with Ozzy, I was on a tour bus from April, April, yeah, of 1981. Then around September, we took October off or most of October off. Then one month up, then we continue with the Diary of a Madman tour because Blizzard and Diary were recorded before Tommy and I joined the band. So when right. it was time to like release the new record, Diary yeah. of a Madman, uh, that record was already done. So we didn't have to go back in the yeah. studio and record that. So it was like tour, month up, and keep touring. You know, right? Because normally you would tour, go back, record, yeah, and then exactly, right. yeah. and then. Uh, you know, one thing, it's uh, my last shows with Ozzy was in 1982 in September. Yeah, I, I believe it's September. I have to look at the dates. I haven't written down. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Uh, recording the Ritz, uh, the Ritz, the Speak of the Devil, right. Black Sabbath right. recordings. And, uh, but at the same, that same week, I was recording half of the Metal Health record. Wow. The same week, yeah. right? One in the studio and the other one live, right? <laughs> and yeah, then, crazy. And then I, 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 when I came back from recording Speak of the Devil that week, I called Sharon and I told her that I was going to leave the band. That's September. Mm-hmm. That takes us up to like October, right? So I'm back out again. So I complete the record with Quiet Riot. Then we go into like post-production of like, you know, the uh, designing the, uh, the cover, doing some rehearsals. But we haven't played right. yet because we were waiting for the release of the album to actually play as Quiet Riot, right? 
So sure. my, here comes March. And, and from September to March, it's not that much time. You know, I'm back on the road again. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. and that took me. I mean, you're, I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're loving it, but at the same time, yeah. you're just, it wears you well, out. Right? I had just met uh, during an Aussie break in 1981, the year before my, uh, my girlfriend, girlfriend who, who later on will become my wife of, of uh, 36 years now. Wow. Yeah. And so there was like, okay, you know, now I got, now I'm not just a single guy. I have, you know, right. Now you have a reason to come home and and, and then, um, but she understood. I mean, she, she quickly learned, or it's not about learning. It's more like uh, an awareness of like the reality of what a musician does, a professional musician, you know, yeah. And uh, so it's like, okay, we're going to make this work because it's, it's you know, every, everything that we do in life is towards the goal of, of, of maintaining our relationship, you know, and, and, yeah. and, and vibrating at the same frequency. So we're in harmony and all I of that. You know? Totally agree. Yeah. Yep. It doesn't, sometimes it's not the same frequency, but as long as the yeah. frequencies are harmonious, you're okay. Yeah. As yeah. long as you're on the same page. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I get you. no dissonance. Just yeah, nice. and it's hard. I mean, yeah. I mean, the music thing, like, it's hard in relationships, as we all know. Yeah. So when you find that person that's willing to hang in there and work on it with oh you, that's, God, she, that's a special. She's been unbelievable. You know, she's never gotten in my business. She was never been a person to say, "Oh, you shouldn't play with this and should play with that one or whatever." No, right. she always, you know, had faith and trusted me that I was going to make the uh, the right decisions. You know, and yeah. uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So and then and then with Choir Riot. <laughs> Because what happened is uh, with Metal Health, you know, we did uh, the Scorpions tour that led us to the Us Festival because we were not originally right. booked at the Us Festival. That was like a uh, last minute addition, you know. I And I, I love that video. I think it's real fun to watch. And, and what I mean, obviously the playing, but then you're also like having, you can tell you're having fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, think it, you, you know, what, what, one thing that really helped us was that we didn't know we were going to do that gig. So there was never really an uh, anticipation building up for like months, like, Oh my God, you know, like, yeah. like the Scorpions. The reason why we tour with the Scorpions is because we shared the same agent and the Scorpions just needed like two weeks to have, you know, to warm up, do, do a bunch of shows starting in Duluth, Minnesota and ending up in Denver. Right. And it was kind of like warming up to that Oz festival show. So I, yeah. I, could so see, you're like- I could see that they were working on it. Yeah, you know, yeah. developing. Yeah, because I was. How many people were at the US Festival? I can't remember. Uh, it was uh, about, hundreds of thousands. Yeah, right? about 350,000 for that metal day. Yeah, that's and, crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, and and so immediately after that, you know, we just jumped on the uh, uh, the ZZ Top tour, and then Lover Boy, and then we did some right. touring on our own. Went back out again with with Iron Maiden, and then by the time we were with Black Sabbath. We that was around November. We uh, reached number one about yeah about today. <laughs> wow! Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> thirty-eight years ago. You know, around today. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I know. Uh, today it doesn't. Yeah. It's funny because that seems like in a way it seems like it was yesterday, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, because it's always now. See? I, yeah, <laughs> I agree too. I, I get. Yeah, I, I get. <laughs> you know, and. Uh, and and then we open up for uh, we went uh, supporting Judas Priest. Then we start the clock again because now we're headlining. 
you know, right I, now I, the, the songs are hitting. Yeah, yeah, now we're headliners on the same re- record, so we're coming back to all these markets as as the headliner now, with basically wow. the same songs. You know, you know, so we had to like pull things out of the out of the choir riot, uh, Dubrow actually, Dubrow catalog. You know, right, and right, uh, yeah. so now and and then they pull us off off the road like around March stick us in the studio really quick to come up with a new record so it can be released in in the on the third quarter of the year and which take us to you know starting touring in august yeah. of 1984 yeah because people don't, people don't realize like there's a lot of planning that goes oh, God, all yeah. that the record mm-hmm. release the tour i mean that that's actually all very very coordinated yeah very coordinated um, and, and also airplay because you have to like bring right your record to the radio station this is like in the old days 40 years ago 50 years yeah. you know. and and then you you know then the, the 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 promotion guy has to work with all of these because we were signed to pasha but also pasha was distributed through epic you know right so it was like now you not only you know you have epic there's releases, a lot of pieces to that puzzle of, yes yeah. a lot of competition i mean there's only you know the only so many minutes hours that a radio station is going to play songs it's top 40, top 40, right? Limited to yeah. 40 songs, right? Because that, that album, I mean, the Metal Health album actually crossed over pretty big time, right? Oh, yeah. It actually got into pop, and I mean, that's mm-hmm. why it ended up going so huge. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I have a gold single for Come and Feel the Noise, which means we sold a million singles because gold wow. is a million as a single, and then gold as an LP is 50, uh, it's half a million. It's platinum right. is yeah. a million. Yeah, that's right. That's how they do it. Yeah. Um, tell me about, and I know it happened actually wasn't that long ago, but tell me about Frankie. And I mean, you guys remained close pretty much since you first met him, right? For all those years. Oh, yeah. No, no. We started playing in, uh, immediately after we met uh, uh, 48 years ago. Yeah. yeah. And, and what was he? I mean, he was doing a bunch of different things up until he passed, right? Was he still, he was still out touring and and recording and yeah it was incredibly valiant you know just he was so heroic of him how he battled and did not let cancer beat him you know yeah uh his uh his wife regina uh made it possible for me to be with him the last two days mm-hmm. uh I went over to his house the Wednesday before he uh, he passed away. Uh, yeah. We live like 10, 15 minutes away from each other over here. Oh, good. And, uh, and you guys, pre- I mean, you're pretty much family. Oh, yeah, right, we are family. Point. We're family. Yeah, we're for family. many years. Yeah. I mean, even though we were not playing together, I mean, you know, <laughs> playing together, you're just yeah. playing together. You know, it's a, right. it's, 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 it's the... There's something deeper, deeper beyond that. Yeah, right? yeah, the family bond that, that you create, you know, that, that really matters, you know. Uh, yeah, and uh, so I spent some time with him that Wednesday night and uh, late, late afternoon, and then uh, the following day, actually that night, he was rushed to the hospital because he he was having seizures, so it was it was kind of hard for him to yeah. be able to talk on the phone or even FaceTime or sure. whatever. And uh, so that that day, uh, the day he passed away on Thursday. Uh, I was actually, uh, uh, Regina arranged for me to be able to go into the hospital. And oh, which wow. is during the COVID, it's, it's virtually impossible, but for somehow she, right. she, she made it possible. And uh, I'll be eternally grateful, you know, to her for 
allowing me to yeah. uh, to say goodbye to Frankie. Yeah, you know? I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure that meant a lot to him and her. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, I gotta tell you, he was a fighter. He was a fighter. He was. Uh, they took him off life support like around noon, and the doctor, you know, and gave him the the final drip. Yeah. You know, the final bag. You know, and right. the doctor you. said, you know, he's uh, he's, he's probably, he'll probably be gone in, in a couple hours. I left by four thirty, and I gotta tell you, he was fighting us. He would not let go. Uh, yeah. His hands were warmer than mine. This is how alive oh, he was, you know. Yeah. And then uh, I got a, uh, a message from Regina that um, around around nine thirty to ten o'clock he um, he uh, he had passed away. Yeah. Um, yeah. He. I mean, the thing about Frankie is that he touched a lot of lives, mm-hmm. and I know you guys are soul brothers beyond mm-hmm. just this life. So he's always going to be with you, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure you feel that. Um, I'm sure in some ways too with Randy, it was similar, even though Randy's thing was a little bit more sudden, but. Yeah. Um, They're all different experiences because, you know, Randy was so sudden and unexpected. Uh, right. Frankie had told me about his condition, having uh, pancreatic cancer stage four. Uh, right. About a year and a half before he passed away. And mm-hmm. he asked me not to tell anybody. So nobody knew, yeah. nobody knew. And, and it was, you know, I, I went through a similar thing with, with, with Ronnie James Dio. Right. Where, you know, you hear about, oh, you know, he's doing better and the chemo is really working and he might go into remission. Yeah. So you get these hopes and it's all these ups and downs, you know. Yeah. And these guys are all, they're all, they're all like brothers to you. Absolutely. Brothers, mentors, heroes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Ronnie was, I mean, I met Ronnie many years ago at Sound City Mm -hmm. and uh, he just had such a fun energy and such a big guy, a big guy in a small package. (laughs) Incredible human being. What, what, what a ball of energy and spirit and frequency that he vibrated with, you know. So you feel, I'm, I'm sure you feel like these guys are all still with you. You, you take oh, I mean, you around know, you as spirits. We, yeah. we are spirit, you know, uh, yeah. we're energy. And, and to me, the beauty of it is that once we pass, we kind of like meld back into, yeah, the consciousness. <laughs> into, into yeah. universe, the universe, you know, right. Yeah, I think I think we feel I think we feel the same about that. That we're all connected. I mean, that, that's the thing for me. Like, what I found in my life is that you meet people along the way, and you don't know at the, at the moment why you met them, but there's always a reason, and you find out later. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. And all those guys, yeah, mm-hmm. and all those guys are. I mean, they're they're legendary musicians, but they're also legendary people. Yeah, um, which is more important I've, in a way. I've right? met a lot of great musicians that. <laughs> yeah that we're not this way the way the way i like to look at it is they're still on their journey right yeah and we're all at different places they're different we don't, places and, that's it yeah. yeah yeah our journey is not somebody else's i think that's a that's a good life lesson mm-hmm. absolutely I've, I've learned i've learned along the mm-hmm. way um so what's what's the future for you what, what do you see happening oh. after we get through all this oh i I'm having so much fun in the now that I, 
I mean, I, I work on things that I know some, some way, somehow they will have some kind of a ripple effect into the future. But I like sure. to create the, the big wave here mm -hmm. because right. somehow, no matter how big the wave is, by the time it hits the shore, it's not going to have the same impact. Right. <laughs> and sometimes it's hard to know, right? You start different things and you think you hope it works, but you don't know. Oh, yeah. but you, you have to put the energy, right? You don't know. You know, it's, it's, I read books. I, I, I watch tutorials, you know, about philosophers and, and, on YouTube and so on, you know, because I, I want to hear points of view. And yeah, you like to learn. I like right? to learn. I like to like, hmm, let me think of, yeah. maybe I can, yeah, let me look at it from this angle because, right. you know, there's more than 360 degrees. Yeah. There, there's yeah. more than that. And there's so much, yeah, there's so much we don't even yeah. see in the world. That, yeah. Well, it's in a, if we're looking at it in a three-dimensional, now they're talking about the fourth and the fifth dimension, you know, and, right. and so you might look at something like this as a 360, right? Well, if you look at it like this, there's a 360 that you really don't see because you're only seeing right. the, uh, the, the radios of it, yeah. you know? And, and what we're able to, and what we're able to perceive exactly. right? as humans. So, yeah. uh, you know, so there's so many ways to look at things, but I like to look at them to see how much light they have in them. Hmm. I think, I mean, I'm sure you've learned along the way too. It's important to keep learning, right? Oh, absolutely. So never close off. Well, as soon as you think you know everything, that's when you stop absolutely. learning, which is- Well, that's when you die. Well, because exactly. you stop growing. Everything yeah. just stops yeah. growing withers away, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, you also, I know you have, you've done a lot of stuff with the video product projects, mm -hmm. the if, uh, video animation projects. Are you still doing that or? Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that there's a reason why you certain things happen because, you know, because it, it later on you find out why, you know. Right. Exactly. And, yeah. and I, I, I got heavily into animation because I was beginning to lose, you know, my 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 vision nothing i wasn't going blind i was just going like right. okay and it, it it allowed me to be creative with a laptop in front of me i put my glasses and i created animation and mm -hmm. i had lost a bit of the joy of playing because i really couldn't see yeah. clearly what i was playing anymore right. because and it's nice to have something other than just music right well Yes and no. <laughs> yeah. Music to me. Well, I should, actually, I should say that for myself. <laughs> for, because, you, because you can get burned out if you only do one thing uh, all the time, I guess. That's what I mean. It's all connected. It's all connected. Yeah. It's, uh, sometimes my wife is talking to me and, 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 and she thinks that I'm not paying attention. No, I, no it's just that I'm lost. In, right. In, You're doing a bunch of different things. Yeah. In my head, I'm working some, I'm listening to to a, a, a part of a song that I'm working on that I need to fix, you know, that I need to like, okay, this is not, I don't like this. I don't like that last chord, the way that right, I know right. and, and that's where I'm at because I'm always yeah. listening to the music in my head. I do not get to play the music in my head in public. Right. Because I will make a living out of the music in my head. Ah, okay. But See, that's 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 an intriguing thing that we'll have to talk about. Again. Yeah, but but <laughs> give, given the opportunity to create the music in my head, that's what I focus on. Right. You know, because that all of us we have this unique contribution to music in our heads. Yeah. 
We have our own voice. We have right? our own voice. We have our own song, you know, mm-hmm. that, that yep. lingers until it you drifts, have to get it out. It, <laughs> it drifts off to somebody else's. It's like tuning into a radio station. Right. You know. Yeah. That's, you know, that's interesting too, because in terms of songwriting and that kind of thing, like some of the best songs ever written took 10 minutes to write. Yeah. Because they, they, that person tuned into that frequency and they nailed it. You, yeah. you got to tune in. You got to, I, it's like yesterday. If that, if the former Cardi would have not written that, somebody else would have, would have, would have come up with it. Tune into that. Yeah. Because right. you're not creating, you're discovering music. Yeah. You're dis- I like that. I like that. You're discovering yeah. a sequence of notes at a certain tempo with, right. with certain words attached to it or emotions, right? Mm-hmm. And when you when you write a song, that's what you're doing. You're just peeling back. It's you're exploring, and then you discover something. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, that, and I think that that's a really good perspective mm-hmm. because, again, like people, kids have a, a view of guys that want to write songs. They have a certain perce- perception of it, but it's not always the right perception because, like you said, yeah. those things are out there and the, they're out there in the ether. And our job is to communicate, to pay attention often. Yeah. Because <laughs> a lot of times those moments go by and we just don't pay attention to that, right? Yeah. And also, you know, the, the more you, you, the more educated you are about a subject, you know, just like, let's say, if you're going to educate yourself about medicine, be a doctor, right? right? Sure. You find out that we, we human beings, we have a pattern. We have a right. head, we have arms, and we got legs and organs. There's a pattern to right. us. So Yeah, the common, the common denominator. Yeah. Yeah. So if you learn how to cure one person, let's say some, somebody has a, uh, their kidneys, right? Well, you know about mm. kidneys. You work yeah, in somebody right. else. Oh, you okay? The kidneys. I know this. Okay. Yeah. Music is the same thing. Music mm-hmm. has its own patterns, its own, but patterns. See, one thing that you not create with medicine, unless you're creating a cure, is to actually create. You create. Right. You know, you cannot. Re- unless, okay. You, you pull some pull something out of the ether. That's right. That, <laughs> yeah. Or discover discover something. Right. You know. Yeah. Like, like we were mentioning about. And but there's some rules as to what you actually discover within the realms of what you were you trying to place that music, if it's correct or not, or is it going at right. the same frequency? Does, yeah, you know, and if it's if how, and figuring out sort of the, the language of it, right? The how to communicate the harmonic qualities of it. Right. Is it in harmony with this? And that's how you get hit songs. Yeah, and you can learn all the rules. But you got to, at some point, you got to forget them <laughs> well, <laughs> and pay attention. Yes. Right? Yeah. Well, again, about connecting 12 notes that actually yeah. connect with each other if you go in perfect fifths or perfect fourths and you start the clock right. all over again. It is, not, it is not a coincidence that there are 12 notes in our system because there's other musical systems, right. but in the yeah. system that Pythagoras that we're used to figured right. out which actually learned from the Sumerians, you know, this has all been thought out thousands of years ago, you know, right. that you have the 12 notes that correlate. Originally it was with us astronomy. Ah, interesting. Yeah. yeah. All these, the, the Zodiac signs. Okay. The Sumerians, right. Sumerians figured that out. But then again, yeah. you know, and isn't it interesting that way back then they were onto this. They, they oh, knew yeah. 
somehow they knew. Well, yeah. look at us. Where, where, where are we in the uh, in the Christian calendar? We're two thousand, you know, twenty twenty. Okay. All right. Those guys went by way. <laughs> okay. There's going to be stuff that they're going to look at us a thousand years from now if we're still around, and they're going to say, right. "Wow, these guys! Look at them. They had a phone." That you could actually, instead of calling people, you you can look at each other, and they're gonna go, right. "Wow, we can do that with, with our minds, right? Or with a yeah. chip that they have in them, or whatever, or genetically we have been developed to become a human being that already is born with an iPhone or or hologram right. inside of us, you know, whatever." Yeah, yeah. No, I get you. You know, yeah. so yeah, it's all it's it's. I always say, like, to me, like we're infants in the universe. We think we're so smart. <laughs> And we're like these little babies. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I think they, we think we, we think we're geniuses, and there's yeah. so much more out there that we don't even yeah. we don't even know about. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so your future looks a lot like right now. You're actually just sort of coming up with your ideas, what you're germinating in your mind, and and stuff that you want to work on coming up. Um, no, not and not, so the animate the animation. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, not really. I'm I'm I'm, I'm working on projects right yeah. now and one of them is an animation project okay that's what i wanted to get back to yeah but but it but my contribution is completely uh more music related than animation okay. i'm not part of the animation oh, okay. team but right. since i am trained in animation i understand the process so i'm able yeah I'm, that's a huge yeah. huge help so i'm able to talk to to the animators one-on-one you know, right. with the, they know they know what you you're, you're on their page. I because I understand what what the technology allows and where the room to improve the technology is all about. And yeah. and we are yeah. using a brand new incredible technology to animate. Yeah, and that and that stuff's always changing, right? Just like the music recording, all that stuff. It's it's almost weekly. It's changing. <laughs> The tech, yeah, the uh, the tech evolves, evolves, uh, it progresses, but it's still the 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 final product remains the same. It's a story, right? You have to yeah. tell a story. You yeah. know, it's uh, for example, we're telling stories, which hopefully we yeah. will engage the the viewer or the listener. Right. Uh, it's all the same. It doesn't matter whether yeah. we're doing with you know through Wi-Fi or we're sitting there around the campfire talking about yeah, it. it's communication, communication, right? connecting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's fun. I mean, like I, I think that's awesome. That also too that you like to learn and that you kept you keep growing. And I think that that's a good lesson for everybody. Yeah, it's I uh, music has always been a great vehicle for me to connect with my Creator, with God. You know as much as religion has been and spirituality and so on. And I just, I have this, this, this need, this need, this, this fire consuming need to get closer to God, you know? Right. Uh, I think that that's great that that's great that you have that in your life. Like it, it's a nice, a great anchor, right? For all of us, oh, to have yeah. you have to have something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 what keeps me. So what keeps me moving? I mean, I, I, I and and this has been something that I felt even at my lowest points in my career. I mean, having a an epiphany, having experiences, you know, spiritual awakenings. Right, having I, that anchor. Yeah, 
uh, I don't even think of it as an anchor because the anchor would tie me down without allowing me to, right. to move. But it's more like mm-hmm. a like a platform, a rock okay. to be, you know to right. to move around, you know and yeah. and I you know talking about you know we're using metaphors now you know and the way, one of the things that the ways that I look at life is that we're all we're all boxed in somehow right you know we're incubated in a box when we're born. Mm-hmm. And then we're yep. taking out of this, we come out of this box and they put us in a crib, which is another another yeah. box. And then we they put us in a room, which is another box. And and then we go to school, which is a room, it's another box. And so, we, you know, we spend our lives in boxes and then we die and they stick us in another box. <laughs> and then yeah, that's us. true. And so, I mean, and we spend our lives building our own boxes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, yeah. I, and, and, and it's like, well, yeah, it's so my my goal in life is to take that box and move the walls and the ceiling of the box as far right. as I can until I don't even see the walls yeah. or the ceiling. I'm gonna need a floor to stand on. Right. You know, yeah. and you're and you got and you got your wife there to support yeah, you. And, absolutely. And that makes that makes a huge difference. I know I've had I've had that that same thing with yeah. me. And that when life gets crazy and you're trying to expand and, and move in different directions it's yeah. nice to have that with you yeah your partner and your faith and your belief yeah that, that's something to stand on right yeah absolutely and that's something to stand on yeah and i need a floor i need a real solid foundation for that and uh, yeah. and that's my relationship with god you know and you know it's and i laugh because you know so i especially in social media you know it's Sometimes I make typos when I when I write God God bless you as a you know right. a, a yeah. salutation on a on an email, and the algorithm will not correct the word God. When mm-hmm. I, it, let's say because the O is next to the I, it says so it comes right. like yeah. Okay, okay, that's good. <laughs> Jid is good. God is not. Yeah, yeah, you know. God is not according to the <laughs> algorithm. You know, so right, like, I, got oh, you. I gotta fix this. You know, so we're, we're in, a, in, a, in a, at a time where technology is really or whoever is behind creating technology and the algorithms. They right. uh, God is a bad word. Yeah, God no, is such you. a four-letter word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? I got you. And it's like. Like, yeah, it's it's sad, you know, because because it doesn't. Everybody needs their own thing. They need to they need to have what they have and yeah. what they believe, and it's not for somebody else to to change yeah. that or, or impose their. Yeah, I got you. And, and the way, it's, uh, yeah, and, and and the way, you know, I, I just want to like you know give you the yeah, this, uh-huh. take you word to where I was going, you know, and uh, yeah, go ahead. the way that I look at it is like, yeah, it's it, you know what, what's what's really happening is that is for a lot of people they find it very hard to connect with the idea of God being something depicted on a re- Renaissance painting, right? You exactly. Know, yeah. God is God, you know, is like this being with a beard and you know doing all this and you know whatever <laughs> yeah, right. you know, shining lights and, yeah and i can see that yeah, of course you know somebody's going to have a hard time with that just like I, I did as a catholic walking into my grandmother's house and she's got 
open the door and there is Jesus on the cross bleeding and, you know, and right, suffering. Yeah, and yeah, like, what, what is this? <laughs> and I'm like, life size, you know, and, right, and, yeah, and I'm yeah. a kid. I'm going like, wow, this is, this, this is scary. And then <laughs> it's freaking me out. Freaking me out you know? and, 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 but it's supposed to freak you out, you know, because you yeah, know, right. it's like, yeah. no, no, this is no, no. I, I, I could never, there was always like a disconnect with that, you know, with that. Sure. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, you know, telling me, oh, God is dead. This is like, you know, on Good Friday, which is the day of the crucifixion. I don't know why they call it good. It, yeah, right, it, it exactly. All this pain. And, I, I had exactly the same feeling. You know, like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm confused. Uh, I don't understand. Yeah. And then God is dead, you know, I'm going like, yeah. how, how, how is this possible? You know, it's God, you know. <laughs> and, and also, you know, the confusion of, of Jesus being God and it, and it's not right, right, you know right. it's the yeah. Son of God it's like there's, right. there's so much confusion going on and I say okay I get that I get that but can can we go back to like there is a Creator and yes we have not seen there's there's no selfies yeah that's that's, right. that's one great thing about <laughs> about Christ coming you know to be with us among us two thousand years ago. Right. Yeah. No cell no phone. No cell phone. No, like, <laughs> no TikTok. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, because it's supposed to be about faith and trust. Right. This is how you build yeah. your spirituality and faith. Without, yeah, and belief. Yeah. But nowadays, everybody's like, okay, prove it. Do you have a photo of that? Or it doesn't exist. You know, like, yeah. What's your faith? <laughs> What's right. wrong with you? <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's actually a great discussion. And I think it's important for everybody you know, no matter who you are as a musician, as a person, as a human, you have to believe in something. You have to have a reason to, to be a good person and to, you know, move beyond just, just this, <laughs> just what we experience every day. Right. Yeah. It's, it, it, it could be very simple as saying it's all in black and white or good and bad or right. left and right or resonance, yeah. you know, opposite polarities or things like that. Sure. But there's so many variables of each. Yeah. You know, it's like Yeah, and again, like there's so much, there's so much that there's so much mystery still, which yeah, is good in a way. Yeah, but yeah. but it's all connected. You know that heat and cold is connected by temperature. They're right. both temperature. One yeah. is hot, one is they, cold. They have a common they have a common denominator. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it's it's it everything, everything is connected. Yeah. So I um, how can people, I know one thing I really like about you and that actually one of the reasons why we've, or are you even doing this is that you actually, um, on your pages and you actually personally interact with people. Um, what's the best way if people want to find you online? I mean, obviously we know all the press stuff and all that, but what's, if people actually want to reach out to you, what's the best way? Well, the best way actually or to reach out to me, but to actually learn about me is a, uh, yeah. I have a radio show on Monsters of Rock Radio. Right. Uh, Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays, and then on Tuesday, and we have just uh, the network Dash Network, who that's where Monsters of Rock Radio is part of, just partner with sure. Spotify. So we're slowly awesome. uploading the uh, our 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 show, which is Six Degrees of Sarzo, over to Spotify okay. and make it a, right. available for uh, for on demand streaming. And that is the best way because I started doing the show originally as a podcast. It was called right. The Dash. And it was basically to document 
the story and the lies of, uh, you know, people that have access to, you know, friends of mine, mm-hmm. uh, colleagues and neighbors who happen right. to be uh, very successful in the industry and yeah. so on. Because I started going to memorials such as the uh, Ronnie James Dio and Lemmy's memorial and people get up there to say these nice things about him. And I'm thinking, wouldn't it be nice if the person was here to actually hear those nice things, you know? So I I started a podcast called The Dash, which is actually still available. You can go online and actually listen to it. And those were like my my first uh, conversations that I had. And then okay. I got a call from uh, from the CEO of Monsters of Rock, which you know has the cruise, Monsters of Rock cruises, and the right. radio station, yep. and so on. Yeah, they built a really awesome thing. Yeah, yeah. and I actually got to play the Monsters of Rock uh, festivals back in awesome. the um, yeah, '80s and yeah. uh, '90s, uh, 1990 with uh, with Whitesnake, and invited me to come on the station. Now the uh, the difference between a radio show. And, and the podcast is like, for example, this is being a podcast, it's linear. With the, right. with the radio station, since it's uh, a music-centric, I, there's a, I do segments. So I'll, okay. I'll talk for about 10, 15 minutes. Then we uh, add music that is related right. to the conversation. Then we come back for another yeah. 10, 15, 15 minutes. And so it's two segments per hour, four-hour show. So it's a little bit different, oh, okay. different format. So yeah, so you get to showcase the information, but also the music. So like yeah. both. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that's true. Like you said, like people like they always, when people pass, they talk about the legend and, and what the person, the personality, but you should celebrate them too when they're alive, right? And oh. they're still, their legacy. I mean, those guys, Lemmy and all those guys have such a big legacy that's going to go on. Well, no, yeah. And that, and in addition to the fact that you're going to get to hear from the actual person in their own words, the right. way it was, how it happened, and why. Yeah, which is important because there's a lot of there's a lot a lot of those guys. I mean, even yourself, you know, there's so much information out there, but you want to get the right information. Yeah, that's a lot of misinformation. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And you want to get the essence of who they actually are and, as a person. And right? to be honest with you, no matter how many times you try to correct somebody on 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 social media, there will always be somebody else. Who did not get the memo? <laughs> right, I know. Yeah. yeah, what can you what can you do? Yeah, you gotta... um, yeah. So you also um, you also have your uh, Instagram page. Do you you have a website? I you know websites are, are not very interactive. Right, I have the same exact feeling about that. You know, so I I because could... you still got to get people to the website. <laughs> what for? I ra- yeah, exactly. You know, I rather post Instagram and 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 post yeah. uh, whatever, and and then I got the radio show. I mean, how much more connecting yeah, can too I much. do? Right. <laughs> you know, I got I Facebook. Know. Believe me, believe me, I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. So yeah, so people uh, they can find you. I know you're really active on your Instagram, yeah. and it's fun. It's also fun yeah. photos and yeah. and stuff. Do you think Bach would have would have <laughs> written as many pieces of music if he had to be? On social media. Exactly. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Plus you want to keep your, when you're in that stream of consciousness of writing oh, yeah. and all that, you don't want to be broken up. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for joining me, Rudy. I really appreciate it. Um, I've always, as I mentioned at the top, I've been a huge fan of you, of yours. And I mean, I know millions of millions of people are, and you've inspired many players, including myself. So I really am very thankful that you took the time to do this. Such with a me. pleasure, Daryl. Thank you so much.
Thank you. Thank you so much. You. And um, I'll include everybody that's uh, watching this. We'll include all of, of Rudy's information um, on the podcast episode, including his link to his Instagram and, and the, the other projects that he's doing. And uh, thanks so much for joining Thank us. You. Thank bless. you. Thank you, Rudy. Bye-bye. Ciao. Bye. Thanks for joining us. And please consider subscribing to our podcast and follow us on our social media pages for guest announcements.